During this episode, we welcome a national healthcare leader who is passionate about delivering innovative and market-leading solutions that improve the health and wellness of the global population. Kathy Ford, Chief Product and Strategy Officer at Project Ronin, joins us to discuss how her company is revolutionizing the delivery of cancer care through its cutting-edge clinical intelligence software. While together, Kathy also shares how she became part of this game-changing company and what is on the horizon for Project Ronin. Join us as we explore how Kathy and her team are simplifying the complex process of delivering individualized care and providing oncologists with the insights they need to make informed decisions and produce better outcomes for their patients. Let's go. Welcome to Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli, where we highlight and speak with the innovators, the game changers, and the pioneers who are deeply passionate and relentless in solving the problems our world is facing today. This is your opportunity to connect with and learn from these leaders and to support them on their mission. Perhaps they will soon be hearing your story as well. This is Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. I look forward to having you on this journey with us. Hi, Kathy. A big, big welcome to our podcast. Hi, Mike. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Well, as a veteran healthcare executive who is passionate about delivering game-changing solutions to the healthcare global market and your specific work of delivering innovative technology at Project Ronin, I'm fired up for our conversation today. But before we dive into this important discussion, a bit of housekeeping. While listening to any of our episodes, please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast so you will automatically receive episode updates in your podcast player. Simply search Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli and Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And lastly, please visit the bottom of the episode notes to connect with me on LinkedIn and Twitter in order to further the conversations occurring on this podcast. All right, Kathy, it's almost time for our community to learn how you and the Project Ronin team are transforming cancer care by helping doctors and patients make better informed decisions about treatment. But first, What's that one piece of advice that you would give to others who are passionate about reimagining the health of our world? Such a great question, Mike. Thanks for asking it. So what I would tell you is, you know, I've been in this industry, shockingly, for 30 years now. I really started when I was like nine. But what I have absolutely come to understand is that you can only solve problems that are at least 10 times painful in healthcare. and. It's because healthcare providers, clinicians, users have sort of accepted, unfortunately, the inertia, the pain, the difficulty, the inefficiencies of the systems that they've had access to so far. And while they suck generally, they're willing to essentially take that to a certain degree. And they're only really willing to take on that change and adjustment if you're solving a problem that is 10 times painful or greater. So there are plenty of problems in healthcare. And when I see solutions out there kind of solving the little things, that's just not going to make a significant difference that we need truly disrupt in healthcare. Kathy, I'm so glad you brought this up because it's such an important topic today in healthcare, right? I mean, there's so much happening. Hopefully we're coming out of the pandemic what that did to the industry, you know, in regards to workforce, the epidemic within the pandemic, mental health, and just what it did to expose the inequities and the brokenness of our system writ large, right, Kathy? And so to your point, I share this with, you know, I'm very fortunate. I get to mentor and advise a lot of startup entrepreneurs. And I say, 
go and put out the five alarm fires that are burning right now, right? And so to your point, yes, there are a lot, a lot of problems in healthcare. And of course, sure, we can go build solutions to solve for those problems. Absolutely. But to your point, Kathy, go and find the ones that are creating that tenfold pain to the end user, whoever he or she may be. Or as I just mentioned, go and put out the five alarm fire that is burning right now. Have you seen that a lot as well? I know, you know, we were talking before we started recording. Recently, you went to health and there's a lot of companies down there. Is this something that you've carried through in all of your different journeys of finding those, you know, tenfold pain points to go and attack? Is that something that has always kept you passionate? Always kept me passionate and unfortunately not always been at the 10 level. I mean, I look at it like in clinical care, we ask patients their pain scale, <laughs> one to 10. And so why are we not looking at our sort of solution value on the same scale, whether it's, you know, what that value proposition and benefit and so on and so forth. But it is what drives me. You don't spend 30 years in this industry that is incredibly risk adverse and slow to adopt without having a true passion to make a difference. And there are so many opportunities to do it. Well, Kathy, you're setting us up for a heck of a conversation because what you and the team at Project Ronin are up to right now is exactly that. And I can't wait to discuss that. And Located much in more Denver, Colorado's nationally ranked River North District, Catalyst is a healthcare innovation campus that brings together stakeholders from across the industry to accelerate innovation and drive real, lasting change our nation desperately needs. From established organizations to startups, from accelerators to advocacy organizations, and from medical schools to global companies. Everyone at Catalyst works side-by-side to create, develop, refine, and bring to market cutting-edge innovations that will fundamentally transform healthcare as we know it. With industry leaders like Medical Group Management Association, Olive, Medical Solutions, UC Health, Cirrus MD, and many others calling Catalyst home, along with innovative pioneers visiting from across the nation, Catalyst continually fosters their foundational belief that collaboration and partnerships will move the healthcare industry forward. To virtually tour Catalyst and claim your space on campus or host an upcoming event, visit catalysthealthtech.com or visit the top of the episode notes and click on their link. All right, we are back with Kathy Ford, Chief Product and Strategy Officer at Project Ronin. Kathy, thank you so much for setting the stage for what I know is going to be a powerful conversation today about all the good trouble you and the team at Project Ronin are causing going to dive into that in just a moment. But I also want to hear you mentioned it, you know, earlier on the front of the podcast, you've been there, you've done that, you've bought several t-shirts, you've been in this industry for quite some time. So you've seen what does work, what doesn't, where we need to be focusing our efforts on. So I want to hear a little bit of that journey of how you got to where you are today, how you joined up with the Project Ronin team. And of course, what you and the team are working on today, how it's going in the marketplace, what's going to be happening on the horizon. We're going to pull that crystal ball off the shelf for a little bit take a look there, see what's happening on the horizons, not just on for the industry writ large, but also where Project Ronin is heading as well. Then, of course, got to ask how we can be helping you. But first, Kathy, take us back. Give us a little bit of that journey. How did you end up going over to Project Ronin in the first place? What led up to it? And we'll go from there. Well, let's take it as this is your lifestyle. And I'll go way back first to quickly get up to Ronin, the most exciting journey so far and where I've been in healthcare. But I stumbled into healthcare by accident, had no plans. I have no providers in my family or clinicians whatsoever. My father, a career CEO in the Silicon Valley, focused in satellite dishes and other 
technology boards and things like that. So for me, I wanted to follow in his footsteps and figure out how to be a CEO one day. And I felt like marketing was a place to get started. So fell into an ultrasound company way back in the early 90s and quickly then moved into health tech and really began my journey in radiology, actually, and started implementing which is how I learned all about healthcare workflow and really observed it firsthand for months and months at a time, because way back in the day when you implemented solutions, you were kind of a one person show. And so you did all sorts of different things, including taking your department live. So and I always say one of the hardest jobs I ever had out of everything I've done in healthcare was implementations because it's so technical. It's so workflow driven. You also have to appeal to administration and the executive team and you're in the trenches and oh, pressure's on because somebody sold something probably that it doesn't really do. So fantastic, you know, baseline for me. And I was really hooked at that stage because it was such an investment in understanding like, what the heck is patient tracking? <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> it was just so foreign. So fast forward really grateful that I was able to get all that traditional training from big companies like GE Medical and got into M&A and got to do, you know, learn how to deliver solutions in the global marketplace. I didn't know there was a job called product manager. I didn't even know what that was. But what I realized as I was implementing and then I went into sales for a little while was that I was naturally when spending time with clinicians and talking to executives, my brain sort of naturally is thinking about why are we doing that? Or we're not solving this problem, or there are so many other problems. And so I didn't know that there was a job that you could actually do and somebody would pay you to actually create the solutions to fix the problems. But I quickly did find that out. And that's really how I ended up in GE through a very serendipitous conversation and coming into GE Medical. And I just espoused my views on all the broken workflows within radiology between radiologists and techs and patients and such. So that really began the journey for me. So lots of big company training and big teams. And I lived overseas for a couple of years and got to experience so much, which I'm very grateful for. But after two years overseas, coming back, I was really ready for a new challenge and still wanting to also expand my knowledge across the continuum. But I also wanted to challenge myself to say, if I'm not in big company infrastructure, do I really know how to do this? Am I really an ideator? You know, at Siemens, if I didn't release, you know, a big product or a brand something or, you know, give Asia their next, you know, version, we are still going to make payroll. So, you know, that wasn't a problem. So I purposely decided to do two things. One was to leave big company world. So, you know, had stints in McKesson and Siemens and G, sort of no more of that. I'm going small and I want more business responsibility. I want to learn more, take on more risk. And I also want to get out of acute care. And I want to solve for ambulatory because this is now like early 2010. 11, maybe early 12. And that's where there was a start of the movement of the care shift. And so I joined a company called Isorona that was then shortly acquired by Nantel. 
And I knew that that was a part of what was going to be happening. So a small company, Isorona, Nant Health, still small, but you know, a whole menu of different solutions that were trying to solve problems, but not sort of in an organized way. But lots of great exposure to, again, a cancer solution, a population health solution that had ownership around and, you know, sort of how to put all these pieces together and what problems are we trying to solve for? And that's where, for me, what I'm always asking the companies I'm joining, the teams I'm building, the providers that I'm talking to, we have to know what problems we're solving for. So, you know, after all of these years and trying to do that within organizations, I did the most insane thing ever and co-founded a company in healthcare. I mean, who in the world does that? People who probably also started a restaurant, <laughs> but really interesting journey to do that because with my three other founders, we're asking ourselves, what problem are we going to solve and how do we decide? And so on and so on. You know, I always follow the money, following my really strong principle around super painful problems only because that's really the only chance of survival in, you know, healthcare startup land. But we learned some really interesting things about it. So the company was called Jellyfish Health. So no to others. A name like Jellyfish Health is going to make your path entering the healthcare market just exponentially more difficult. <laughs> so naming matters actually turns out. But it also tell you that what we built was the first patient flow solution that could manage and adapt patient wait times and essentially get rid of wait times in real time. And we were the first solution to do this and to solve this entire logistics issue in ambulatory care. Plenty of logistics solutions in the acute space. It's a lot easier to control resources and things and people and assets in the four walls of a hospital. But when you're trying to control logistics, when a patient's at home, and then they need to probably go somewhere and then go other places to get their meds and this and that and come back, hopefully, and then maybe go get a test. Everything starts to sort of fall apart. And so wait times are just a symptom to bigger problems. And that's what we were out to solve. So super exciting. It's like, yes, this is a spot. There was no class category for this at the time. It was really early. And so, of course, what we do as entrepreneurs is we call our friendlies, our hospital CEOs that we've known forever, and say, like, you know, we have this patient flow solution for ambulatory care. Do you have a patient flow problem? Nope. You don't? <laughs> nope. So we're trying this out over and over again. And what we learned was that that term unknown. Then you say, do you have any wait time problems? Oh my God, it's huge. <laughs> so it's leading to leakage and like all sorts of burnout and, you know, bad reviews and sort of tumbles together. You know, that was so new and unknown and a little architecture-ish, just a little that it didn't resonate with the market, even though we were solving problems that existed, but we could not initially articulate what we had. And so that was a really significant learning. So then we're like, we have a wait time solution. Oh, okay. Well, that's interesting. And then fast forward a couple of years, patient flow and ambulatory care is, of course, well understood and known. And so then we had to change back. <laughs> we are actually a flow company. We are. We always were. We're coming back to that. So 
really interesting process evolving and also truly innovating and being a sort of a category leader in a space that's incredibly conservative and again, risk adverse. And so through that journey, because you know as well as I do, Kathy, you know, I always look at it, you know, I've experienced myself, sometimes the biggest learnings are the failures and sometimes figuring out those things you're like, hey, we couldn't quite get the message and they couldn't quite understand it. I see huge value in that and seeing those opportunities to sharpen your sword, to get better for the next time, right? Because this is a journey and it's not paved with golden streets and it's usually not a straight line either, right? So there's a journey along the way. And so, of course, then that led you up to today with Project Ronin. How did that come to be? Well, one more stop and fantastic, you know, three plus year learning opportunity to come into a super early stage virtual care platform that was only focused in the oral healthcare space initially, came in as president of that company called Rhinogram and grew the company, grew revenue 200% year over year and took it into the medical side of healthcare. And the timing was interesting because it was pre-COVID when I joined and as we sort of built out infrastructure, company process and grew up to be uh, a little bit more mature and scalable. And then COVID hit and our solution was absolutely needed right there. And you really, during COVID, as we talked about initially, did interesting things for healthcare. It actually really expedited and proved in a lot of ways to our very conservative space that actually technology adoption doesn't need to be seven years. And that quality of care, outcomes, patient engagement, actually technology can help there and that it's not going to cause more problems than good sort of thing. So that whole experience was really incredible. And of course, the opportunity to grow a company, that was terrific. For me, you know, virtual care, also lots of people getting on that bandwagon. And right before I left, you know, I still have a lot of heavy clinical ideation in me still. And Ronan had a need for, you know, somebody to come in and really take the roadmap and solution and mature the business for scale and true commercialization. And I was ready for change. And so I felt like it was a perfect match, perfect timing. And also coming in, I love solving hard problems, as I've said. Cancer happens to be literally the most complex disease there is. There are literally thousands of cancer types, which then just adds to that exponentially. And so creating a solution that can, in such a complex disease, that can actually add value, drive efficiency, improve patient engagement, keep patients out of the emergency room, prevent admissions, and take down what normally is the hunting and pecking expedition to just figure out what's happening with a patient and bring that down to, you know, from 45 minutes to five minutes is literally a game changer. And that's just a start. So let's talk about that game changer. You brought us to current state. It sounded like you needed that change. Something You wanted something big, you know, big audacious move. You're 100% spot on. The cancer space it is, I think is one, it's an exciting time with the innovators that are coming in and really solving for a very complex disease state, right? As you just mentioned. But Kathy, let's go there. Let's talk about the business. You join the team. You join Project Ronin. What is Project Ronin up to? If I had to, you know, if we were on an elevator, I'd ask you, who's Project Ronin? I got two flights. Hit me up. Let's hear that elevator pitch. Love it. Fortunately, we are funded by Larry Ellison, 
and we are a solution focused in clinical decision support in oncology today. And our mission and vision is that by leveraging data and servicing patient-specific insights at the point of care, we are supporting clinicians to make the best decision for that patient versus against a general population coupled with some intuition, which is mainly how treatment plans are derived for patients. They have really no correlation whatsoever to do with the patient themselves or patients like them. So we bring all of the necessary information together first and foremost. So nothing is missed to understand the total picture of the patient. And then we start making it smarter. So we add insights to it. So we understand what happened to the patient, what's happening now to the patient. And then using our safe AI approach and machine learning algorithms, we then apply prediction models to what we deliver, which is how we deliver to our clinicians the ability to see this patient is at an elevated risk index to present to the emergency department based on hundreds of data elements that we factor in, both clinical, social determinants, and others. And we do it for other things like toxicity. This treatment plan, this chemotherapy regimen, based on this patient and patients like this patient, is likely to have adverse events so you can anticipate and make decisions, make better decisions, again, at the point of care, rather than waiting, because time is your enemy in cancer, more so than many other diseases, but for sure in cancer. So you want to get as precise and as targeted as possible as early as possible. What a powerful elevator pitch. Thank you for that, Kathy. You nailed it. So I have to also ask too, right, we can talk about what the product is, who the company is, all of that good stuff. What I always love to go to is the end user, right? What's the feedback like from the end user? Because you know as well as I do, at the end of the day, who cares what we think, the ones that are building it, it's the end users that matter the most. What's the feedback been like from the end users of what you guys have built? I'm going to shock you and all the listeners and tell you something that you probably rarely ever hear. Every single clinician, especially medical oncologists, that we demo and then that we also deliver to has said, I love this and I will use this every day. Never in the history of healthcare does anybody love their software. If you can get to just a, you know, just a neutral, then you're actually winning in healthcare software world. So when somebody says they love it and every time they say it, you know that you are really solving something that is at least 10 times painful. Wow. You don't hear that much, right? Like, oh, I can put up with it. And that's usually a big win in healthcare. Like, oh, I can deal with it. But to hear that I love it, that's just incredible. You know, in regards to what they love about it, what is that kind of specificity? What is it that they're loving? It's a combination of things. It's our UX design, how we organize the information in a way that follows, you know, we collaborated with MD Anderson to build the solution. So by clinicians, for clinicians. And what we really did is map, so what are you doing in your head or on a spreadsheet or some combination of all of that to assess patient status as a starting point that you would normally, you're digging in your EHR to try to find all those things because in your mind, you're trying to answer what questions. So we lay that out in a UX and starting with a longitudinal view of everything about that patient. And so that's why with literally within seconds, they click on the Ronin tab, we're embedded in the patient's chart, whether it's Epic or Cerner or whomever, and literally everything, it's like command central. It's like mission control. They see everything they need to see. 
and we've organized it in the way that they are thinking about their patient. And it's fresh and new and, you know, we're using obviously very modern design principles, but also being in mind the nuances for healthcare and doing so. Well, it's obviously an exciting today of where you guys are as a company today and what you're delivering to your end users. That's very exciting. But so now, Kathy, we're going to take the crystal ball off the shelf. Let's look a little bit to tomorrow. You know, things have been changing, you know, as well as I do. We see uh, technology and healthcare rapidly changing. We're starting to see the mindset shifting to that we're starting to see more adoption. Like you said earlier, you know, the pandemic really exposed that we can actually use uh, technology and it doesn't have to take seven years to do just a quick test on something. We can actually pull the trigger and implement, right? We don't need to do a pilot for almost a decade anymore, right? We've learned that, which is great. And so with the mindset changing, with technology advancing so rapidly, you know as well as I do, the next two to three, three to five years, a lot's going to happen there as well. So let's take that crystal ball off the shelf. Kathy, what are you seeing coming in the horizon in the space? And then, of course, what's on the horizon for Ronan as well? The whole point of healthcare is to treat patients and to care for patients. And so the patient has to be in the middle of everything. So if you take that, and that really, I do believe, is the focus going forward. And lots of things kind of are contributing to that consumerism in healthcare. Again, COVID sort of flattened that curve, you know, quite a bit to drive a lot of that. You see Amazon getting in there, you know, those kinds of things happening. But I am also hearing, and we are always remembering that we're doing all of this for the patient actually. And so with that, and then combine then what is Ronan focused on and, you know, what's next and what are we actually developing literally right now is what absolutely doesn't exist today is the patient side of treatment planning. So there are some patients that say, I just want to walk my daughter down the aisle. I just need to get there. So get me there. There's no tool for a medical oncologist to say, okay, so then it's this combination of things that will get you there to meet your needs patient interest, patient burden. Or some patients are like, I can't be sick and nauseated because I got to work every day. I can't not work. So you've got to give me a treatment plan that is going to manage that better. And then there are others that are like, throw it all on me. I can handle anything. You know, I want the best survivorship possibility that you have for me. So none of that patient perspective, patient need, patient interest exists in tooling for something like cancer and really not for much else, other chronic diseases as well that are super complex. And so that's the next horizon for what we're doing and how we're incorporating advanced tooling and making our solutions super smart and taking so much of that, you know, manual, analog, complex thinking that's super practically impossible to expect a human being to do for a patient with cancer. So we're using technology. We're so fortunate to be funded by a master technologist and it's really expensive to do. And so that's why we're really going to lead the way here, but we're very excited to get this in the hands as quickly as possible. And that's what we're working on. What a powerful, powerful horizon for the Ronin team. That is incredible. The vision you painted there it's one of those things where you sit back, I bet, when I was listening to you just mention and, and paint that picture, Kathy, it's like, well, duh, why don't we have that? It makes perfect sense, but we don't, right? You're spot on. We haven't had that, you know, 
chronic disease management. That is a brilliant, brilliant vision. So you might've just signed yourself up for a where are they now episode. Have to come back and talk about that, of course. That's a very exciting future. So we'll put the crystal ball back on the shelf for a moment. We'll come back to current state. Kathy, we want to also be able to help you and the team. We have an incredible community rallied around this podcast. What's one problem need or question that you and the team have that our community can be helping you with? So many, but what is top of mind right now for Ronan and I think our industry is how do we move disruptive technology into the hands of provider organizations and payers faster? And it's about believability, trust, outcomes, but we cannot afford to continue on a seven-year-ish cycle to leverage what we have. We would never buy a car and say, I want the oldest one out there because I know it's going to work. Like how we look at EHRs. People hate their EHRs, but they don't change them because they know they work, but they hate them. So when we buy anything else in our lives, we go for the most modern technology because we know it's going to be faster, probably cheaper, more efficient. It's going to give me more things. It'll be better experience, all those things. And we do not apply that same thinking in healthcare yet, or enough of it, let's just say, because I feel like we're sort of on that bubble of possibly missing out and that we could be really can be delivering better care, actually. And it's not overly risky. So my question, my phone a friend is, what do we need to do? What is needed to help our industry want to take on more technology? and remove that feeling of too much risk. So for those leaders out there, I know they're out there that are not shackled by orthodoxy, that want to continue to push the envelope and do it in a safe manner, of course, we're not saying we're putting patients at risk or anything like that, not that, of course, but to truly not in the example of, hey, give me the oldest car that you have. I want the 1991 BMW, you know, not the 2023. Give me the 91, right? Like, I know it works. That is such a great example of where we are in healthcare. And it's Absolutely mind-blowing. So those leaders out there that are not shackled by orthodoxy, that want to challenge the status quo, get a hold of Kathy. But in order to do that, Kathy, you got to let them know, how do they get a hold of you? What are some contact points online? Social media handles, websites, or otherwise, how do they get a hold of you? Super easy. Most direct is email me. I'm Kathy with a K and a Y at projectronin.com. You can find me on LinkedIn, of course, and I'm Kathy Dalton Ford. I think the only one in healthcare out there that you'll find me easily. I want everybody to go to our website and read all about us. And you can always fill out a form, which will definitely get to me as well. And that's projectronin.com. So find us in those places most easily and Kathy at projectronin.com directly. Easy enough. And for our listeners, just scroll down in your favorite podcast player into the episode notes, get those contact points to go and click on through to get a hold of Kathy and the Project Ronin team. Of course, you can head over to our free global online community over at passionatepioneers.com. There will be a post for this episode where you can leave some comments, feedback, suggestions, or otherwise, and grab all those contact points for Kathy and the team, again, over at passionatepioneers.com. Kathy, like I said, you might have signed up for another Where Are They Now episode. I love what's on the horizon for the team, but we're going to wind this one down for now. But before we get out of here, I have one more ask for you. It's a fill in the blank. I'm a passionate pioneer because? I'm never satisfied because there's always faster, better, cheaper. It always can be better. And so never satisfied. I love it. I love it. Absolutely. Kathy, thank you so much for joining us and sharing all the good things happening within the Project Ronin Camp. We can't wait to continue to follow your story, have a follow-up conversation as well. 
But for now, Kathy, again, thank you so much for being with us today. Mike, thank you so much. I really enjoyed it. Thank you for joining us today on Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. We'd love to hear your feedback about the podcast so we can continue to improve this community and to further support the pioneers being featured. Lastly, please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast and invite your friends and colleagues to join us. This is Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. I look forward to having you back with us during our next episode.